Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals as I was saying, you're sprinting towards these episodes and damn it, you keep changing your appearance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give me the honest truth. What, what are you, what are you thinking about this? You know what? I, you look like you're going to a village party or something like a village people party. <laughs> yeah. You kind of yeah. look like you're like a studious, but ready to party. Uh, yeah. Well, what happened is I'm, I'm in a play and I'm a care <laughs> it, it, the, it's in the 1920s, and oh um, I'm uh, basically I'm just a big a hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to con a young heiress out of her fortune, and uh, it, it's typecasting. Yeah, it's you know, not too it, far it, from the truth. Yeah, yeah no, it's not too far at all. No, I'm, you know, uh, the whole I've always said my whole life has been one long con. Oh, and uh, yeah, and <laughs> hey. You know me, I have no problem with lying. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no trading places here, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> ah, okay. I love watching I'm still you trying get to together. adjust everything. Yeah. I know. I'm just like oh. it's funny. <laughs> so <laughs> you throw is it my, back and is my scarf straight? Is my you know look at that uh, scarf. Like, what is that? Isn't that nice? It's houndstooth. And houndstooth. Uh, yeah, my my sister in love gave it to me. And, um, and then she tried to take it back and I told her no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sister in love. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. That you know, my, my, I, the first time I heard that was from my grandmother in law and yeah. she would refer to all of her, um, children in law as, as her children in, in love. Yeah. Interesting. And, um, so, so I, I, I liked that. I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds nicer than we're, bound together by legality yeah. you know you know what you're right about that i never thought about it that way it's kind of yes. weird if you think about it that way in law it is in, <laughs> yeah in only in law only in law yeah <laughs> fascinating how did you decide to get into this play um when <laughs> here we go sorry <laughs> i decided to to audition for for the play when my wife was not cast oh okay yeah so she oh. auditioned on the first round of auditions and she did not get a part. Um, I, both Shannon and I enjoy doing theater. Right. Um, I have not done theater in a long time. Just, it hasn't been a priority for me, but uh, Shannon's been doing some, some plays here and she's been great and she's been wonderful. And, uh, but this play just didn't, ha well, what's funny is that they actually tried to give her a part after I was cast. Right. And it was a whole big drama that, that's not worth getting into. But we were just like, you know, the only reason I auditioned is because she didn't get a part because it's very difficult for both of us to be gone right. every night. And that's where, you know, and I'm gone every night, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so, and it's proven, she, it was a really tough decision for Shannon to say no for the part that she was offered. But um she she did the responsible adult thing. Yes. Hashtag adulting. 
<laughs> We're all trying to be adults here. Yeah. And um, and it's proven uh, necessary since then. She would have had to, have, one of us would have had to have missed multiple rehearsals for yeah. life with five kids. You yeah. Know, that's what it is. Wow. So. I mean, you know, what's funny that you're doing this. My wife decided to audition for a play as well. Really? And she got the role of a like a granny in it. So I understand this all being out at night for a re- so also, rehearsal. Also typecast? Also typecast, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's going to listen to this and be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? What's that supposed to mean? What is this? Why are you guys keep yeah. doing this show? <laughs> like, no, I've never even seen a photo of your wife. I have no idea no. what she looks like. She doesn't want to be on social media ever. She's yeah. never wanted to be on social media ever. Okay, well, she, you just need to take a candid of her that's very unflattering. No, she won't like that. Yeah. I, actually, I don't think I have a lot of pictures of her either. I don't know. She's just like very against being online, and she yeah. always has been. And I just like respect it. I'm like, whatever you think, man. You know, it's that's like, great. It's your deal. Shannon's yeah. all about the glory. She's I all see, about I the likes. <laughs> she's, she's pimping it for the likes. <laughs> she <wants some> likes. <laughs> no, we laugh about it because, um, you know, part of, what drives Shannon to be in plays is, is literally the glory. Yeah. It's the glory of it. So what drove your wife to want to audition for a play? She was in plays in high school and mm-hmm. she always loved it. And she just never had the right opportunity to get into it. And she just made the decision. I'm going to try and see. It was literally like we're at home and she's like, yeah, I'm going to try this. And she went out and she got the role. And I, I think it's uh, it's been interesting that's fantastic. You know, her doing lines yeah. and stuff. I'm like reading lines very unenthusiastically when I read the yeah. lines. Yeah. I'm giving that a lot of effort to my side of the whole thing. I'm like, so and so said this, that <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> with emotion, yeah. Darian. Emotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me something. Give me something I can go with. You know, uh, uh, Shannon was helping me the other day with lines, and my character is so gross. Oh, my gosh. she was she was she was having a hard time. I, you know, I, I'm like I say, I'm trying to seduce this young, you know, lady. Dirty guy. And man. I basically forced myself upon her at one point, but but I think I'm, you know, freaking Clark Gable when I'm yes. doing it. You know, I that's what I and I, you know, so I have this great moment where I just dip her down for a kiss, yes. and before I I do that, she's telling me no, and I grab her and I oh. tell her I'll show you love, and then I give her this. <laughs> big Hollywood style kiss. And as I pick her up back out of it and, and, and pull away for just a little bit. And I say there, what do you have to say to that? You know? <laughs> Sounds cheesy. It, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm, but I'm so full of myself and it's supposed yeah. to be cheap. You know, it's supposed yeah. to, this play is kind of um, spoofing 1920s murder yeah, mystery, right. all that kind of stuff. Uh, it all takes place in an old mansion. You know, it, it takes every cliche in the book yeah, and yeah. puts it all into one thing. A lot like kind of like the movie Clue. Right, you know? right. Is that without the bad CGI? That ruins most of the movies we uh, talk yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> this one has special effects, but it's all. It's all uh, practical. Yeah, it's all, it's all practical. practical. <laughs> You're, you know what? Your whole thing is just like you've embedded a bug in my mind. It's killing me, man. Every time yeah. I watch these movies, I'm like, I, I can't. Why am I thinking like Simon about these movies? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> like, so I, I told you I was going to do that um, Sunday school lesson on Isaiah. And I was going to and, and people were going to hate it. And I was right. Really? 
and uh, there was a few. And when I say a, a few, I, I should specify one uh, person who actually gave positive feedback about <laughs> it. And uh, then the the bishop who leads our congregation, yeah, uh, the following Sunday, he came up to talk to me. <laughs> Oh. got complaints he's a very nice guy he's only he's he's roughly our age he's maybe okay. a couple years older than, than than you and i and and he was telling people that he was he was telling me that he was sticking up for me to to people he he he, he knows me he knows what i'm about you know and, and everything so but uh at, at the same time though it's like well um how can we continue to allow you to teach and and speak if nobody likes it you know <laughs> <laughs> Shannon said the most perfect thing about it. She said, "Nobody complains when somebody gives a boring lesson." Mm. Wow! But I'm up there, and you know, not to toot my own horn, but as far as Sunday school lessons go, I'm giving a very exciting lesson. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm. I'm dropping all kinds of history and linguistics mm. and all kinds of stuff to help people, you know, to help open up the scriptures and the stories and to give right. deeper understanding. And uh, so anyway, I, I brought that up just to say, um, what what did I bring it up just to say? <laughs> That's really funny. Uh what were we just talking about before I went off on that? That is so funny. <laughs> I had this point I was building to. Honestly, I'm I'm trying to figure it out myself. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking this the church should know after Jesus the bastard that oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is it that I infected your brain. Yes. So Shannon and I were kind of like talking about what's the point of me doing this kind of thing? where I know people are, are not going to like it. I know it's not going to be well-received. It doesn't matter that what I'm saying is true and correct. It's just not going to be well-received. So what's the point in doing it if it's going to be rejected? And I told Shannon, I said, because the next time they read those stories and those scriptures, I'm in their head. Simon's in the head. <laughs> I'm in there, and they can't read them that way again. Right. They can't see them the same way they saw them before. And that is the beginning of thought. Yeah. Thinking for yourself to have a contrary voice in your head that doesn't just agree with everything that you're saying. Well, that's the beginning of, you know, scholarly thought, right? You know, that we might say where you are actually taking a non or, or as non biased as you possibly can that perspective and, and and asking, okay, what does this really say? What does it really mean? Not just what do I want it to say? What do I want it to mean? Or what did somebody else tell me it said, or somebody else tell me, it me tells me it means. So anyway, I'm, I just like being in people's heads. That's the whole clearly, thing. I, clearly I, I, I just, if you know, I, I think I've been reincarnated from a virus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I was me, man. I think I was a head cold in a previous life. I got Simon 19, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I'm watching these movies. I'm like, uh, where's the dialogue? What's going on? <laughs> it's a compliment for you, man. I love it. I know I, I am taking it as such. I, I, I love that. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to affect other people for good I or agree. for bad, for, for ill? Who doesn't want to? I mean, you're doing this podcast. 
I mean, you're you're affecting yourself, but you're also affecting your listeners. Of you know, er, you know, with every conversation, uh, you know, we were talking about this. I think last time it was like, what's the point of doing something in which your synapses don't fire? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah. like I, I don't. I mean, yeah, there's time for leisure, but when you're yeah. actually gonna be involved in a project a conversation a religion you know a, a political party doesn't matter what it is if you're going to be involved in it what's the point if if you're not firing synapses and learning new things and changing yeah. yourself for the better what's the point i totally agree i actually think we're saying that a lot speaking of religion uh a lady i had on my show april a joy i think you you know yeah her. Yeah. yeah i actually ended up following her on instagram she's great uh yeah so, so uh what's weird is like I had no clue who she was. Honestly, when I was talking to her, I was like, all right, this seems interesting to me. I saw it on YouTube. I was like, you know, it's a no if you don't ask people to come on. I mean, it's just yeah. a no. And uh, we, we had a great episode. It was fun. You know, we contacted yeah, each other back and forth. Yeah, it's good. And then I'm reading the news the other day and I see this article on CNN and it featuring her. Oh, really? She had a big feature on CNN about deconstructing faith. Oh, and that's fantastic. Her, her information is infiltrating people's minds. Yeah. And rediscovering uh, how you look at religion and faith. And, and actually, now if I segue this, I think that's what we're trying to do with these movies, too. It's like, hey, maybe you look at movies more than just the surface for what you think it is. Yes. It's, there's something else going on here, you know? So much more. I mean... Um, so trading places, yeah, easy to just watch that like we did when we were right eight, nine years old, whenever <laughs> we so saw weird, it man. for the first time. <laughs> and you know, we're going crazy for Jamie Lee Curtis, yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, the respectable hooker, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, all the love for to Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, but mm. what was I watching that movie for? Come on, Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to go back to it and to see that it's addressing issues that are super hot topics in the last couple of years, um, you know, race issues with the police and things like that. They're doing mm -hmm. it in a very funny way. Right. They're not demonizing the police. They're, you know, it's not it's not meant to have extreme messaging, you know, defund the police or something like that. But it's meant to show that. Um, in a situation involving a rich white guy and a poor black guy, the poor black guy is getting arrested. That's right. That's exactly right. And you they just think it's funny. To him. No, they you just think it's funny him. when you watch it. You're yeah. like, oh, this is funny. But, you know, it's deeper. Yeah, it is. It is. It is deeper. And um, so much of that movie, I, I, you know, after watching it again, I, I went back and I was I, I found some stuff like some behind the scenes interviews and things like that, that uh, I found very interesting. Um, you would think because Eddie Murphy had just come off 48 hours and he had been a big hit on SNL that he would have been just, you know, in you would have thought he would have been first call for this movie. But apparently this movie was developed as another uh, Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder vehicle. And it's uh, like, oh, that makes complete sense, actually. Right. Complete sense. And when you imagine those two guys in the roles, it completely, the, the movie completely works 
you know, yeah. as that. Um, and the, the director, John Landis, when somebody mentioned Eddie Murphy to him as a potential for the part, his response was who? <laughs> <laughs> and for Eddie Murphy, you know, you see, so, you're, you're like thinking back and you see that, that, that his career just blew up. And so you think that everybody was trying to get Eddie Murphy in a movie at that time. No, Eddie Murphy said, I was just happy that somebody gave me a script. I wasn't like I was getting offers. Like somebody gave me a script and I was like, yes, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, it will be happening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so happy to be in a movie. Wow. And that's the life of most actors. Most actors, they're just so glad to be working. Yes. And sometimes we forget that when we're watching these movies and TV shows that these are just people who this is their job. They're just so glad to have a job. Acting is one of the most unreliable incomes on the planet. Most definitely. So everybody involved in a production is happy to have a job. They <laughs> <laughs> put on their best performance possible. They could do yeah, and then you know, then they get to a point where they're Marlon Brando, and they're just like, "Nah, I'm right. not doing anything. Uh, <laughs> I'm showing up, maybe, I'll maybe show up in a month." I used to know? be a great looking guy, and then you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I was the Godfather. I don't need to do this. I don't care anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but these guys, you know, so many of the actors. Especially, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis. I guess they, nobody wanted her in that role except John Landis either. Crazy. Because she she was, you know, a scream queen. She's coming off uh, Halloween, yeah, right? Right. And that's all. And it's so funny. That's all people see her for now. But John Landis apparently knew her and knew that she was really funny and smart and all these things that the, uh, the character required. One thing going back and watching her... Um, I had forgotten that she actually portrays a uh, a, a prostitute who's money savvy. She's investment right. savvy. That's right. I had forgotten that aspect. I did of, too, actually. Yeah. That she's actually planning on retiring in like three years, I think is <laughs> yeah. what she says, because, you know, her, her investments will mature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she's done. But that's what made it funny, though, about her. It's like, wow, this is a very different version of what you think this would be. You know? Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, probably complete fantasy. There's probably no sure. prostitutes out there who are <laughs> like that. But when you hear about somebody who's dancing to get through school or or whatever, you know, I Appreciate mean, it. and then they're going to be a, a nurse or a doctor or yeah. whatever. Some, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I guess it makes a lot of money, so it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. if if you're just money savvy and you're looking for the best income that you can get you know yeah yeah um, it's funny how that's transformed because now people i mean they're not trying to become nurses and all that stuff from that they're just trying to get an only fans account and get huge yes and so you know sexuality make a six-figure income right online. they're not trying to move on from that mm -mm. they're trying to make that their work as yeah. long as make that evergreen product for that so it's interesting how that kind of segues from that to this, where we've turned from all those years to where it is now, you know? The whole analog to digital, man. It changed everything. 
Yeah. It literally changed everything. It's, I mean, you know, my podcast, I talk to sex workers and different people. Yeah. They are not trying to not be sex workers. <laughs> no, not, they don't care career, about the stigma. They're like, oh, no, like, exactly. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. This is a career choice. And yeah. for a lot of people, you know, if you're a Christian moralist, maybe you completely disagree with this. But right. for a lot of people, this is a legitimate career. Yeah. It's just yeah. as legitimate as as being a doctor or a nurse. Yeah. Said so deal with it. Just deal with it. <laughs> I mean, I have I've I've had this one lady on a sex worker from Canada and she gets all this hate on Twitter and she's all oh, people say, oh, you're a whore. She goes, I know. Like, like yeah, she's like, no, she's like, I am a career whore. That's my thing. <laughs> like, she's like, why do people think this is bad for me? Like, I, I embrace it. I'm like, it's it's just different. She's, you know? she's like, thanks. Spread the word. Spread, keep going. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's just so it's interesting. The movie that she's portraying this person is like financially or fiscally responsible. Yes. And this is a great avenue to make a lot of money so that I could can retire you know yeah and she's um kind but she also won't be taken advantage of right she has the line in there where she tells dan Aykroyd's character because he's looking at her and they're in the apartment and she looks at him and sees the way he's looking at her and says uh food and rent aren't the only things around here that cost money <laughs> yeah that's right you know so she won't be she's 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 just such a great character. She's not a pushover. She she's not anything. And it, it shows that you can be kind and benevolent and not be taken advantage of because she is not taken advantage of. No, you know? no, um, not at all. It's such an interesting movie. Like I always think about like the country club scenes and stuff yeah. in there. And uh, I know obviously when you're really young, at my age, I, you know, think about privilege and all these kind of like yuppies and stuff. And it's like, wow, this is like, this is strange, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's a strange thing. It's really alien to the rest of us. Yeah. To think that, you know, it's kind of like, I was just talking to Shannon about um, seeing certain friends who it seems like they're always posting about the, the, the last club that they were just at or are at, at the moment, yeah. you know? I'm like that, that lifestyle is so alien to me Yeah. to use so many hours of your day and week to go to a club or a <laughs> bar. And for somebody of my mentality, that's the biggest waste of time that I can imagine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. To, to go and do that, like every now and then. Right. Now that, that is like, okay, yeah, it's like a special time. Let's go and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that it's like you're that's what you do. Right. You know? I mean, it's your ritual all the time. And yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not trying to diss anybody. I'm just saying for me and my personality, for the things that I want to accomplish in my life and do and, and everything like that, that could not be farther from something that I'm interested in, you know. Right. <laughs> so and the same thing with the country club. Can you imagine a life where you just go hang out at a country club? It's like, I don't know, I guess you play tennis or golf and there's maybe a spa and, you know, that was my, I didn't do this, I, but that was my life running a high end luxury country club, private residential fitness facility for over a decade. Really? So See, I didn't but, know that about you. Yeah. I, cause a good, I'd be in the business 22 years and about 15 of those years were spent 
in executive or GM roles and, and nothing but super, super high end clubs and then running one for a very long time. So like, it, but it's weird, like looking at that, I still found it weird, even though I had been in that environment for a long time. I was yeah. like, it's strange to me. Like, so you I never been like that, you know? But so you've never embraced that as like, no. this is my lifestyle. You're just running it for other people. I'm just running for other people. I know exactly what they want, how it works. Yeah. But it was just always like, mm. like somebody once asked me, I mean, these are homes in this community. They're like five, $10 million homes, pretty regular. You know, the mm. average house is like 10,000 square feet, it's just huge homes. You know, this is in Vegas. And somebody goes, oh, you know, you're the director here. They're like, do you live here too? I was like, I would never live here, even if they gave yeah. me a house. I was like, this is not my thing. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I work here. I understand the environment, but I don't understand the mentality of, of that. So I was, you know, kept myself grounded. But even watching that country club, I still thought it was strange to me, even though I had been exposed to that a lot. Yeah. I was like, this is weird. And just the yuppie friends and stuff. And it was like, uh, you know. It's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I guess um, part of the allure of that is that you feel like you're connecting the people who are involved in that. They feel like they're connecting to peers. Yeah. And other peers with that kind of money. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess people like to associate with their own kind. You know, <laughs> is, is what, right. is what I'm the trying money to say. Kind. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find fascinating and i think you'd agree that um we're more interested in people who are different from us yeah you know by by and large you know it's like i don't want to be surrounded by quote-unquote like-minded people i want to hear i want people of diverse backgrounds you know and that means incomes and that means Mm -hmm. you know uh, nationalities and and beliefs and all these kinds of things and I want people around me that, that with whom I disagree. Yeah, most you definitely. I, I tell you one of the biggest surprising things, I mean, this is not new to me now, but maybe like 15 years ago was when you're around people with incredible, you know, casino owners. I mean, this is, this is crazy wealth. You realize the game very quickly <clears throat> because a lot of the general public sees wealth and they think, this person must be incredibly intelligent because they have all this wealth. But I learned very quick, quickly that wealth does not equal intelligence hmm. at all. And hmm. actually, it's somewhat a detriment to intelligence in some way. It's, it prevents hmm. you in some ways from seeking other things because you have so much. You go, mm. and there's a lack uh, of purpose a lot. I mean, meeting people who are retired at like 33, you know, 35, there's a uh, lot of... Um, that's interesting. There's a lot of like aimlessness to that type mm. of thing, uh, lack of purpose. And then you hear people talk and you're like, how did you become rich? In your mind, you're like, how did this happen? Like, yeah, I don't see I'm not connecting the dots <laughs> on this, you know, and then lots of great people. But, you know, sometimes wealth has nothing to do with intelligence. It really doesn't. You know, I, I, I just think life is just such a crapshoot. Yeah. And so. I mean, you see people who are out there working so hard and maybe like you said, they don't know the game, the game, man. but it was a crapshoot that they were born into a situation where they weren't taught the game. Right. 
And if they'd been born in a different situation, they'd know the game. They, yeah. They'd have the money. So right. it's, it, it so often isn't about, you know, your, your work ethic, you know, your intelligence, all these other factors. It's simply, and, and this isn't uh, true across the board. There's plenty yeah, of people of who, who've come from nothing and made something uh, financially of themselves of course. Uh, or, or otherwise. But um, I've been contemplating this a lot recently, the myth of the self-made man or woman or person. And what a myth it is. Mm. But actually, I, I decided to stop calling it a myth and just call it a lie. Mm. Because a myth is is meant to teach something, right? You're supposed to kind of learn from some kind of myth or legend or, or, or whatever. Um, the, the self-made story, it, it really, what does it teach? Yeah. I mean, what, is it, what, what, what does it teach us? Uh, that... It teaches us that the person who's claiming to be self-made is completely unaware of their interconnectivity to the rest of the people around them. Yeah. And they're completely either unaware or in denial of how much help yeah. that they've received along the way. Yeah. And that's that's kind of trading places. That's right? this conversation's all about I mean, trading so places. It's so funny. Right. Money, wealth, intelligence, the experiment that they essentially play with these two people. Yeah. Where Eddie Murphy off the street, a con man off the street is just as good at Dan Aykroyd's job as Dan Aykroyd. That's was. exactly right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just because one was on the street and one was in a, you know, Manhattan townhouse or whatever it was, uh, it has it says nothing about their intelligence or capability. Right. Exactly. It says everything about circumstance, luck. A lot the of circumstance. Of life. Right. And, you know, I always look at like celebrity and things of that nature. I think sometimes we assign like with wealth and celebrity, we assign this, this powerful value of, well, you're at this, this status. So you must know so much about everything. My experience has been nothing like that with people who are, who are worth 500 million, worth 250 million, whatever millions. My experience is they may have some, something really special in one thing, but extremely woefully under, have very little knowledge about many other things. Yeah. But if you don't meet these people, you don't know that about them. You just see what they want you to see about yeah. them. Like everybody's in love with like I'm not everybody's in love, but like you see one like some like an Elon Musk, you think, oh, man, SpaceX and Tesla and stuff. But there's probably a lot of things he's horrible at. Or he yeah. probably has very low self-esteem and other things. I mean, I had I would train judges who are putting people away over capital murder and they couldn't bring themselves to exercise. Mm. Like they just had no consistency. They had no idea where to start. But man, they were good at being a judge. And you yeah. think, man, you're so good at this. Why can't you do this other thing? It's like these things don't always cross pollinate. No, you know, yeah, like this, there's not there's so little skill transfer. It's just not a lot of skill transfer from, from, from yeah. things. And I refer to things as life math. Life math. I like so that. when I see somebody who's who just can't get it together, I'm like, well, they're not really good at life math. You know what I mean? I got I to use that. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not that they're, 
they're bad people or or lazy people or or this or that or the other. It's like I, I somewhere along the line, somebody didn't teach them life math. Right. They didn't teach them, you know, uh, how to, you know, how many miles it would take to get from point A to point B and how to plan the trip and how to, you know, you know, yeah. the, all this stuff that goes into it. And some people have that innately within them. They're just savvy, yeah. you know, with uh, about uh, life and how to how to do things and get things. I think my wife Shannon is one of those people. She's just kind of innately savvy about how to get herself to where she wants to be. Mm. And she has in the past, I know, I, hopefully she doesn't mind me saying this <laughs> because she, she admits it to me herself. Yeah. You know, she says, um, because she knows how, just because she knows how to get somewhere doesn't mean that she actually knew what to do when she was there. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So she knew how to get the job. Doesn't mean she knew how to do the job. <laughs> right. Right. She's really good at life math. You know, she's really good at how to say, I want this here and I'm going to get it and I'm going to get there to where I want to be, even if she's completely unqualified to do the thing she wants to do. Right. And I just yeah. think that's an amazing gift and amazing talent. And I don't think a lot of, a lot of us, including myself, I don't think a lot of us have that. Yeah. I love this life math thing. You have to like, how did you come up with this? I I'm curious about this. You know, I, I was just thinking about, you know, how, uh, most of the uh, math that we use in our lives is really simple addition. Yeah. You know, it's addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. And it was really funny because um, I was I was teaching just simple multiplication to my kids. And I was like, man, they don't teach multiplication the way I, I learned it when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, it's different. I had it all memorized. You Me know what too. I mean? So it's like, pop numbers out, no problem, real quick. And, uh, uh, anyway, I was just kind of thinking about that and I was thinking about how, you know, it's like, um, so I have this skill within me that I developed in like the third grade to be able to like, like the flashcard math, you know, I can pop those answers out yep. no time. And my kids are just struggling to learn it. And so I was showing them, I was coming up with uh, little ways to show them the patterns of multiplication. I was like, this is the patterns. I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how uh, uh, life has patterns and how some of us really recognize the patterns and we can just snap out those answers right away. Yeah. And other people really struggle. They don't see the patterns. It's difficult for them to see the patterns. So, you know, when you say seven times seven, they have to sit here and count it right. on their hands yeah. while the rest of us are like 49. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you just memorize it. So That's all easy. we did was memorize. Exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. And that rote memorization turns into a, an ability to just go and do. Yes. And I feel like there, and that's that skill set, you know. And I feel like that's where you know a lot, a lot of us, and and I'm saying myself included in so many aspects of life. I I, I didn't get the foundation, mm. and I didn't get the foundation to a point where I could just snap it off, you know. But other people, they seem to just get that foundation, and they seem to just know 
how to navigate through these different processes and recognize the patterns, understand the game, like you're saying, yeah, I'm telling you know, and, 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 and just go and do it. It's like things just click. Yeah. They click. And I look around, I see a lot of people who are just intelligent, hardworking, uh, and then also people who are just really struggling. Maybe they struggle with addiction. Yeah. They struggle with, you know, and somewhere along the line, they didn't do the math. Yeah. They didn't say, oh, if I do this, it's, you know, these consequences could occur and things like that. And that's really what a lot of it is. I think, I think life math is based on, you know, uh, uh, action and consequence really. Yeah. So when I'm doing something, and I haven't weighed the consequence. And then I sit around and say, oh, I had no idea that would happen. It's because I'm bad at life math. <laughs> That's what it is. I love you it. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Shannon, like I said, when she wants to get somewhere and get that job and, and get that next level of paycheck or, or, or whatever it is that she's that her goal is at the moment, she just buckles down and she knows how to do it. Yeah. And, it, it, and, you know, that took work and effort to get the, the the base knowledge of how to do that. But once she got it, she got it. And she was able to coach other people how to do similarly. I could never coach people how to do that. I've never got it. It's yeah. not, that's not my skill set. Right. It's such an interesting conversation. I had a guy on and he talks, he talks about that actually quite a bit. He doesn't call it life math though. He calls it yeah. something else. <laughs> He's like, you know, people who are like, uh, one of one or one of two out of 10, like you could tell them the method, like, well, just do this. And they just struggle with just doing the basic stuff. Mm, yeah. Their math is like, it's very convoluted for them. And then there's like this six out of tens, the seven out of tens where it's like, follow this. And then they just do it. And they're like, mm. oh, okay. I know the equation now I'm going to yeah. do that. And there's just like different levels of that. It's like Eddie Murphy's character. Like he got the math very quickly. He was like, Oh, I know how to do this job. Essentially. He knew he's a hustler. He knew what to exactly. do. Exactly. You know, he's a he hustler. He was able to transfer skills yeah. that he already had and say, Oh, I know how to, you know, manipulate people. Manipulate. That's exactly right. So what, what are we doing in stocks and exchanges <laughs> and things? We're trying to manipulate, you know, and uh, man, Dan Aykroyd's character is so great in that. What what does he call it? He says, you know, they're, they're going to the exchange. He's like the last bastion of capitalism, <laughs> uh, you know, in the world. You know, and he's so proud of it and he loves it. You know, yeah. Uh, that's one of the great things. Like his character experiences growth, but he's still essentially the same guy. He's the same guy. Yeah. And and it's fun to see that to see, and that takes a skilled actor. It really does. Like it, it says a lot about Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy that they can show so much growth in their characters, but retain the essence of their characters yeah. throughout the whole film. Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd's characters, they are the same people at the end as when they started, <laughs> but they grew. They, they grew. grew and they learned and they and each of them learned more about the game and how right. to play it and how to manipulate it. <laughs> Isn't you know? this one funny how these 
themes are they're like melding together right so it's like the time this is the time in the yeah. in the episode where things start gelling you know <laughs> the game the life math the manipulation it's it we're all in this so matrix funny. together we're yeah. trying to figure out what's the game how do i get ahead how do i just have a, a life that i feel good about how do i do this and that movie is so such a microcosm for what ha is happening to most people or isn't happening for most yeah. people. And, and, and I like that the characters in, in the, the show, um, in the movie, they, they definitely are not good at certain things. Right. So when they're on the train and they're trying to do the briefcase switch <laughs> yeah. and, and they're the, each of them takes on a character and, and they're so over the top, you know, it's just supposed to be silly, but at the yeah. same time, it shows that, Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis is really great at certain things. She's really bad mm -hmm. at being, you know, knowing the difference between Swedish clothing right. and Austrian clothing. <laughs> and she's really bad, you know, and, and being convincing and all these things. Right. And they're all, you know, they're, they're all playing these over-the-top stupid characters. And I'm going right. to ask you a question here in a second uh, about Dan Aykroyd's character. Yeah. I think you know what I'm going to ask you, but... <laughs> um, but I mean, they're so unconvincing and the guy yeah. sees right through their, their, their yeah. ploy. And so it shows that, um, these people are really good at certain things, Yeah, but they're also really terrible at, at, at other things. Just like we were saying, like that's family. people. Yeah. That's all people. That's yeah. literally the veil. That was the biggest surprise for me when I started at the job I was doing in like my late twenties. You know, I saw wealth and celebrity very differently than I'd see it now. I was kind of awestruck in the beginning. And whenever yeah. I would hire someone to work at this place, they would always be really nervous because they're like, well, this place is like all this money and stuff. And I'd be like, hold on, that will fade very quickly. Mm. <laughs> I was like, because you will see behind the curtain very quickly. Yeah. You'll, see, you will, through you, you'll see through everyone's facade real fast. Right? It's a huge facade. Everyone here is just like you. They just yeah. have money. That's the only difference. They're just like you. They don't deserve your tremendous adoration and all this stuff and this pedestal you put them on. You'd be respectful and kind, but they're not better than you. you know, it's so no interesting way. to have this conversation right after the queen passed. Right. You know, I mean, that is an ongoing conversation, and I wonder when... Britain will ever just say, listen, we're done with y'all. Okay. I wanted to talk to you about this. I know we're skipping around a bunch, but I am yeah. curious about your idea about the monarchy and this whole thing. I mean, it sounds like I kind of get what you're saying, but what is this year like? So to our previous conversation about being, you know, just born in mm -hmm. circumstance, I was like, um, in my mind, the monarchy doesn't deserve anything that they have right and all of that should be given back to the people melt down the crown and the family jewels and sell mm. all that crap and give it to people who need it and just completely do away with monarchy i, I mean yeah. i the idea of being respected because you were born and when I say respected, I mean respected above other people. Right. 
okay, that, that makes no sense to me. Respect, trust, these are things that you earn through a lifetime and a track record right. and all these kinds of things. And I'm not here to say that people who are born in the monarchy can't earn those things. Right. But you don't just get them. Yeah. You get exactly what you just were saying to the employee. You get to be treated humanely like another human being. You know, you deserve that unalienable right to happiness and and et cetera, et cetera, and our declaration of independence and, and everything that we, that we believe here. But you don't deserve, and this sounds very communistic, all right? And I'm not trying to take away anybody's like family inheritance and things yeah. like that. But I'm saying that um, the idea that you deserve something because you were born is such a fallacy. Yeah. And it's a lie. And nobody deserved it. And, you know, you were just lucky. That was it. Yeah. That's all. That's it, man. That's it. That's so I'm it. all I'm all for, you know, doing away with the monarchy. Down with the monarchy. Down with the monarchy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had a very strong reaction to it uh when Queen Elizabeth died. And my wife and I had this kind of big talk about it. And she's like, I agree with you. She said, I know, but there's for a lot of people, you know, it symbolized something to them most of their lives. I said, No, I understand that. I said, but my argument is that just like this is repugnant to me. I was like, this has no place in modern society. And yeah. I'm like, what do they do? Like, literally, what do they do? I'm like, I, I don't know what they do. I'm like, I know that, you know, just to get houses, get things. And I guess maybe I have, I'm, I'm very slanted towards that in a bad way because I, I've seen that before. And yeah. the, in the community, like children born into massive wealth and, not working, not doing anything, getting everything you ever wanted. I mean, what, what Marvin Hagler says, it's hard to train hard when you wake up in silk pajamas. You know, yeah. imagine if you wake yeah. up like that from the day you're born and you never knew what struggle ever was, ever. You know, your parents was, oh, we can't buy that because we might not be able to afford that. We're on a budget. A budget means nothing in that society. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Like, just crazy the premise of miss this is the premise of uh, uh rocky three eye of the tiger <laughs> it's right <laughs> i love that movie by the way i, I really do <laughs> and when they do the juxtaposition before the first fight of watching clubber lang mr t yes. work out and what's he what's he working out with a couple couple of big nails nail nail to yeah. this, you know naked wall and he's doing pull-ups on that and he's you know no no real gym he's he did no equipment no nothing no. and what's rocky doing he's on an exercise bike and there's a there's a full live band and somebody's <laughs> yeah. blowing bubbles and selling <laughs> t-shirts and you know there's girls coming up to give him a kiss while he's working out you know yeah you know it's just like uh so anyway you know to your point you know rocky loses that fight yeah right he loses that fight Actually, I think one of the worst things they did in that movie. I I, I actually really enjoy the scene where Mick dies. <laughs> wow, well, you're, you're no. I, I'm saying I'm saying it's a good scene. It's a good I'm, scene. I'm saying yeah. it's a it's a good. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute, hold on, let me back yeah. up. It's a good scene. <laughs> it's not I don't that like I enjoy that Mick died. dying. You know, per se, I'm not out to kill Mick, but it's a powerful scene. They did it really well. Yeah, Mick, Mick, we got so much more to do. Mick, you know, it's, it's good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
However, I think the worst choice they made was having it happen right before the fight. Right. Because that tainted the reason why he lost. Right. And they should have just gone with, listen, the reason you lost is because you, you're waking up in your silk pajamas. Yeah, you're not as hungry to train hard. Yeah, you, know? you don't have, if anything, you know, Mick dying should have given that back to him. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, yeah. I would have liked to have seen Mick have died after the flight fight. And that kind of <laughs> inspires him. And they could have done that whole scene. Uh, but but just not him going in with that baggage to that fight. Yeah. <laughs> you're you know cracking I mean? me up I, right now, I, man. I just envision you I, being on a movie set. You're doing it again. I, I see you with that scarf on a movie set. You're on the Rocky movie set and you're telling you're like the assistant to the director. You're like, this yeah. is all wrong. OK, this is like yeah, so you're of... taking away the real meaning of this scene here. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sly, babe, come on. Come here. Let me talk more dialogue, more yeah. dialogue. <laughs> You know, all you have to do is just change the sequence a little bit, the sequence right. of events just slightly. And then I think it drives the point home that that Rocky had really lost his competitive edge. Right. And he wasn't he wasn't carrying any any other baggage into the ring with him. Um. Anyway, you know, uh, and everything <laughs> else could have could have carried on the same right. the same way. Uh, so and. You know, I, I I just think that everybody needs to listen to me because I <laughs> I make everything better. I think I make oh. everything more betterer. Betterer, yeah. yes. Yeah. You actually just look like you're on a movie film set. You do literally do like <laughs> the acting. I just imagine like if I showed up on a movie set somehow, and I was walking around, I'd be like, "That guy, what is he doing?" <laughs> You're just like throwing scripts down. You're like, this is all yeah. wrong. I'm oh, very man. skeptical of how this is being shot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I won't go into any detail, but um, we, the, the production I'm in is being co-directed. And last night and the night before, um, they heard from me. Oh, <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't in a bad way. It wasn't in a bad way. I, I, I just, I had some opinions. Whether or not they take any of those opinions into account is totally up to them. But I had some opinions and I tried to present them in a very kind and uh, diplomatic way. But yeah, you know me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've got opinions. He's got a lot. The skepticism got... is a main part of the opinion, yeah. usually. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, when, a, when a production is in the early stages, it's really easy to be skeptical. Yeah. It's really easy to be pessimistic. <laughs> Especially when things go wrong, and and normally, I mean, things going wrong is just the norm for yeah. for live theater, right? You know that, especially once again in the early stages, you're trying to solidify a cast, you're trying to do these things, you're trying to get you know get the blocking and and get people to start memorizing their 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 scripts and stuff like that, and you know, it, it's really. For most productions, uh, for a good one, it's like three quarters of the way through where you start to see that that maybe this might come together. You know, maybe. you're like a week and a half before, you know, curtain and you're just like, <laughs> I, we might have a chance of pulling this off. We <laughs> might have a chance. So uh, that's all to be expected. But there was just certain things that were going on um, that I was just very 
am very dubious about. And, uh, <laughs> and so typical Simon. <laughs> <laughs> One of my castmates was worried that I was going to be leaving the production. It's not like I'm complaining or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not sowing seeds of dissent, you know, or, or anything like that. I'm completely positive on, on, on stage and, and, and with the rest of my cast and everything, uh, they just noticed that I was staying behind and talking to the directors. And so they were messaging me out. They're like, uh, everything. Okay. You know, and I was like, uh, and I said, eh, you know, it's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. you should just text me. I'd be like, this is normal. Don't worry. Yeah. I spent a lot of time with Simon. This is just <laughs> part of the whole method. He's got to yeah, question is, everything. Yeah. You know, I've got to, and you know, I I, I seriously, it, it it will sound like I have a huge ego, and I and I seriously don't. I, I I'm I take direction really well. Um, I'll try different things with with my lines, and if the director says no, this is how we need to do it. I'm good. I'm just like, cool, fine, we'll do it that way. And and you know, I might tell the director, you know, I was going for this, and if they say, oh okay, or if they say no, don't don't do that, I'll be like, oh, I'm fine either way. I don't have a huge ego about these things because i know it's a collaborative yeah effort and that's all i'm trying to do when i have a private conversation with the director <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to collaborate and uh, uh and say hey here's some thoughts here's, here's some a, ideas here's some you know? thoughts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to see a director movie it's probably one of the funniest like shooting like three months shoot because oh, i would just yeah. like document the whole thing and be like this is the best thing ever <laughs> <laughs> i think you would be surprised at how uh laid back i am yeah uh like with bands and stuff i like i literally just in all my bands i've been in um my attitude has always been hey it's just rock and roll yeah you know i mean that we're, we're going to make something that's going to be great. You're here because I like what you do. If I didn't like what you do, you wouldn't be here, you know, and th that's, that's the whole thing, you know? And so oh, man. Uh, from a director's standpoint, I would hope that we've cast actors that I, I like what they do. So uh, especially in the early stages, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you try stuff. And if it's not working, we'll work it out. <laughs> if it is working, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say, good job. Let's move on. Have they seen your work in Jesus the Bastard yeah. or Isaiah? <laughs> like, they, they, no. they know about your work. No. <laughs> See, I'm so laid back. It's really interesting. Last night when I was having this conversation with, with the directors, I, I did get a little animated, a little passionate mm. about uh, a particular opinion that I had and, and that we were having a little back and forth over. And it wasn't an argument. There was no hurt feelings. There's nothing like that. But it was just, they could see that I was, I was passionate about yeah. how I felt. And there was, and they just like, well, I mean, we can see that you, you, you know, you're, you're, we, we've never seen this side of you because, you know, so we can see that you really care about right. this, you know? And, um, and, and, you know, and I was telling them, it's like, yeah, because, you know, I, I really am. I'm easy as, I'm, I'm easy as Sunday morning. You know, I really, <laughs> I really am. I really am. Uh, but, well, you're uh, talking yourself into this. This is so I funny. <laughs> like, guys, I really am. I'm really good. You know what? No, oh, I'm easy. Man. No, I have strong opinions, but no, I'm easy. I'm easy. I'm like, well, as 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 long as 
we can clear the air. I don't like, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit there and, and, and have things fester. You know what I mean? Yes. And, um, and like I say, I can disagree with somebody vehemently and still really like them. So these two directors, I really like them. I think they're wonderful people. I think they're working hard and they want to put on the best show possible. Whether we agree or not is beside the point when it comes to those things, yeah. you know, and, and so really unhealthy for me to just try to hold all that in yeah, and then let that aggravation build better that I just, you know, away from the rest of the cast, you know, so like I say, I'm not. I'm not sowing any seeds of dissension or anything like that, <laughs> but away from everybody else, you know, I'm not trying to cause a mutiny. I'm just trying to say, okay, here's, you know, and now I've spoken my piece, my piece. Uh, now we can move forward. This is great stuff, by the way. There's <laughs> like, always a part of the episode where Simon goes on a massive tangent about his personality. <laughs> and I'm telling you there is. It's always on the back half too. You got to listen to the oh, back half. Man. It's like Simon time. Uh, <laughs> <it's> like... <laughs> we transition from movies into oh, Simon's man. skepticism, into, into just his personality therapy. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> we just transitioned from talking about a dumb comedy from the eighties. I'm, you know, I'm a good I, guy. I swear. I'm uh, telling you. <laughs> Don't let it fester, though, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It happens oh, every time, literally. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> I mean, I, so, so one of these days, we've got to turn the tables, and you've got to have some kind of confessional. About, I don't know, you know? man. I, like, <laughs> I'm getting it out regularly with everybody I talk to. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I, I need some outlet. I think you, you need know? this. It's okay. I'm yeah. here for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're getting I'm just into glad my you're brain. Not charging me, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, therapist rates. I couldn't afford you. <laughs> it's just no. It's good though because it makes me think. And when I watch these movies, I often like take on the lens of Simon, and I'm like, That's huh? So is there funny. more practical effects in this? Is there a lot of CGI? What was the yeah. dialogue like? Am I happy about? Like, okay, I thought about you several times this week, actually. All right. Because one of our favorite movie makers, Mike Flanagan, Midnight Mass. Yeah, we did the review. Ep excellent episode has a new series coming out in like two weeks on Netflix. Oh, really? Called Midnight Club. Ooh. And it's about uh, a hospice full of teenagers, you know, who have terminal diseases. And the first one who dies is supposed to communicate with the other ones from the dead. It's a horror whole thing. That's his whole thing. Wow. So and I thought, oh, man. Simon and I love what this guy did with Midnight Mass. It's probably be pretty good. Maybe, hopefully, you know. So that, that's interesting. You know, um, it doesn't really sound like it's a continuation of Midnight no. Mass at all. It sounds like it's its own unique thing. So I wonder yeah. if he's going to keep doing completely independent projects, but still have Midnight. Yeah. Is it all Midnight? I mean, in the title. <laughs> he has, I guess, exclusive deal with Netflix, so he's just producing for them films. But well, at uh, least they got somebody good. Yeah, because that guy's killer at what he does. You know, yeah. like you know, Simon, don't don't you, criticize I, I him too much, okay? No, Stop no. it. I mean, I, I got <laughs> no. I mean, that that's one of the bright spots of Netflix original programming. I mean, they just, you know, it it feels like Disney and Netflix when they get to something 
they just ruin it. <laughs> Recalls. They just ruin it. No, I mean, I I don't want to go off on some big tangent about it. I, I just mean, I just mean there's certain production yeah. houses that if something goes under their umbrella, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's not yeah. going to be very good. Interesting. Which is too bad because I think Netflix started out strong. I agree with that. Yeah. And then I think, I, I don't know where along the, the way, but, but they kind of, and, and it might be that they... We're just trying to please everybody. Yeah. The you big know, budget it, movies are so bad on there. Yeah. They're so bad. And I, like, and I, don't, I don't understand why, it, because it's not like those movies make them money for how many streams right. they get. You know, they just make them money by keeping people on the platform. Right. The membership. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why make crap? <laughs> I know, you know. I know it's why, strange. Why actually. put out crap? Why not put out the best dang stuff you possibly can? Because you know, there's there's too many options out there. I'm telling there's you, just man. Too many options out there to to put out crap. It's too easy to say, eh. I'll just I'll just cancel Netflix and keep Apple yeah. and Amazon yeah. or whatever. You know. I mean, you know. It's just too easy to do that. So why? Why put out crap? I don't know. I it's interesting. Like I find like my favorite series are always on HBO Max or Hulu, actually. And yeah. uh Hulu rarely misses on an original series they do. It's always like, wow, this is excellent. Like yeah. and Netflix just puts out trash half the time. I mean, like right yeah. now I'm watching uh the Dahmer, uh Dahmer on um on Netflix. And uh, I find it to be very good. It's actually really good. Evan That's Peters good. plays Jeffrey Dahmer, and he's just nuts, man. Evan Peters so, becomes the person whoever he plays, like full on, man. It's yeah, it's very creepy. Shannon sent me a screenshot of of him as Dahmer, and um, and because of the stupid mustache I have for the play, <laughs> she she said, you "Remind like you him. of anyone." <laughs> Honestly, Simon, you'd be a great Dahmer in a movie. Seriously, you're always changing your look and stuff, man. You know? You kind of look like him. Right now, it's yeah. terrible. My my um my directors for this play, they they just really like me in this yeah. role that I'm in and they've complimented me a lot and it's it's very kind, but at the same time, it makes me worried. Because once you see somebody sometimes in a in a, in a role, yeah, then the next then the next production that comes around, you might only think of them for that kind yeah. of role, and that's definitely not one of these traps I want to go down. I enjoy playing this character I'm playing. He's not exactly a stretch <laughs> for me. Okay, <laughs> to play somebody oh, who's yeah. pompous and egotistical and trying to seduce <laughs> yeah. a, a woman, it, it's just not like. You know, it's not that far uh, of a bend uh, yeah. for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I got this. I'm <laughs> good. Know? Yeah. No, I mean, the, the moment I read the character description, I knew, oh yeah, I, I know how to do that. I mean, that's no <laughs> problem. You know, <laughs> I mean, no problem at all. I got um, it. There's other characters in the in the play that that would have been um, uh, more challenging and more, and in that way, more fun for me to have have done. Um. Uh, 
but I didn't read for those characters. So they don't think of me as those different types of characters. They think of me as this one, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really bad. You know, uh, uh, I mean, my, my character, like the lines he says are so yeah. grown eye roll, right. you know, lines, but at the same time, you know, hopefully I give him enough charisma that people actually want to groan and roll their eyes. Right, you know what I mean? Right. They're looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, so to your point, like somebody like Evan Peters. Yeah. It's so great to find actors who don't get stuck in just doing, oh, I, I, you know, you can't do this other thing because yeah. this is, this is who you are. You know, this is, you're Harrison Ford. You can't you <laughs> right. know, do Jeffrey Dahmer, you know? No, like, you're an Air Force One or an Indiana yeah. Jones. That's what you um, <laughs> like. You you point really well, and and you 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 have very good intense faces, and yes. you know, and you yeah. know who knows what Harrison Ford, what more Harrison Ford could have given us. Not not that he needs to give us any more than he's given sure. us. You know, he's he's what he's done is his catalog is amazing. But I'm just saying, you know, obviously this is a talented guy, and he could have probably done a lot more different types of roles than than what he what he kept getting. But hey. He took those roles all the way to the bank, baby. He did. Did you know what's funny? We got to talk about this another time, but I read this thing about Tom Hanks saying he's only made four good movies his whole life. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> like, he's just working you know out there, basically. I kind of believe him. Oh. <laughs> You're oh, thinking I mean, about the movies, too. I could see your mind going, I, well, okay, which one? List going. Apollo 11? Was that the one? <laughs> Was that, one? <laughs> that one's good. That one's good. Castaway um, was that a good movie for him? Did he think that? <laughs> I know. I, I think he's got to agree that Castaway is really good. It's really good, and you know, Philadelphia was amazing. We talked about this. I really yeah, thought he was amazing Philadelphia. in Philadelphia, man. Yeah. What's interesting is that when I first saw Forrest Gump, I thought it was incredible. I lo- it, I still love Forrest Gump. I can tell you don't love it anymore. It, well, it, no, it just hasn't aged well for me, and and I don't mean like it feels outdated. Mm-hmm. I just mean. It's not a movie I would put on. Yeah. That's all. I would put on Castaway in a Heartbeat. So good. That's a movie I would I would I would always put on. Um I would really look forward to watching Philadelphia again. Most definitely. Otherwise, you know, so there's there are actors and you know Alec Baldwin said this in an interview one time. He said most um productions are failures. Mm. And the person he was interviewing, it was like, no, 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 don't say that. And he says, no, 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 um, no, that's just part of the business. Wow. It's like you're 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 hoping that you know every few years you're going to have this big success to make up for the failures. You know, and that I, I think that's just a realistic attitude to have. So while Alec Baldwin will never be bad in a movie, he'll be in bad movies. Right. Same thing with Tom Hanks. Although I, I will say, I think Tom Hanks has been bad in certain movies. Sure. I think, of course. Know, and, and, um, and this is somebody who loves Tom Hanks, you know, I, ever since big, Oh, if, if Tom Hanks is, if his name is on something, I'm going to go watch it. Yeah, you know? I agree. I, I love him. He's so great, but he's, you know, he's made quite a few movies. I won't watch again. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know? Sure. <laughs> of course. I haven't watched Turner and Hooch in years. <laughs> you know what? I probably would watch that again. <laughs> I actually love that movie. <laughs> he, he maybe, you know, when he told he said he hate he did not like any of the um what's the ones he did? Um like it was like biblical type stuff, uh demons and something. Oh um, yeah, the um the, you, the you know what the, I'm talking the, about. The, yeah, the um Angels and Demons. Yeah, it's what's, escaping what's the me. First one. He said it was oh. garbage. Those those are bad movies. Those are garbage. <clears throat> yeah, those are absolutely he, horrendous. Like he really was like blowing them up. He's like just terrible. He's like, well, I just did it for a paycheck. I was like, I like the honesty, man. I appreciate that too. And I think they were even directed by Ron Howard or one of them or both of it's them. Crazy, or right? Something like that. So it's like, how is a, a a collaboration with Ron Howard and Tom Hanks so bad? How could it that's, be like that's that? That's amazing. That's incredible. You you would think match made in heaven. This is going to be gold. Right. The Da Vinci Code. No. <laughs> there the it da Vinci is. Co- that's what yeah. it is. And you got Ian McClellan. In that. I know. Yeah. I mean, great he, actors. Like, how, how can you go wrong? And, <laughs> it, all right. You, it, you it showed happens. me. You showed me. Yeah. You proved me. You proved, you know. That's so crazy that I like what Alec Baldwin said. Like, I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of movies are really bad. And then every once in a while yeah. you get something incredible, but that's not the norm. And when you read the script and you're offered a role, I'm sure you're thinking, okay, yeah, this is going to be good, you know? <laughs> and then things just don't turn out. No. You know? And that's, um, so when I go last night and the night before and I'm talking to the directors, I know that's the case with, with live theater too. You're right. Right. Most of the time it doesn't turn out. My wife was just in a production that I won't name. Uh, <laughs> amazing talent in that show. Yeah. Terrible show. Had nothing to do with the talent involved. Really? The bad script from the get go. We'll just say that. And, um, but you know what? That show made money. Mm. So it made uh, it made it made good money yeah. for live theater, you know. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking the people involved. I'm not knocking, you know, uh, everybody's effort and things like that. It was just not a good show. You know, yeah. uh, Shannon was brilliant. I got to say she cracked me. She cracked everybody up. Yeah. She like became legendary overnight. To anybody who saw it, you know, saw her performance. But um, that doesn't mean the show's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many movies has Nick Cage been in that are horrendous? And then you got a couple <laughs> that are pretty good, you know? Yeah. Mostly bad. Like mostly, mostly horrible. Mostly hor- horribly bad. <laughs> mostly. Like over the top. So like a lot of his uh, scenes. So over the top. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Nick Cage in a movie theater one time, actually. Really? It was weird, actually. I was in Vegas, surprise. Uh, he lives there. And it was at a casino, Red Rock Casino. I'm going to the movies by myself. I'm going into the movie theater. I And I'm going, you know, down the, you know, all the different doors to go in the theater. This guy starts walking towards me. And he looks terrible. I mean, he looks beat up, you know. We get closer. We start staring at each other. We're looking right in. This is a true story. And I go, that's Nick Cage. And I just stared him down the whole and time, goes, looked at him. That's Darian. Right. Of course. Come <laughs> yeah. on. And he looks at me and I look at him. We just walk past each other. 
honestly, I told I said walking into the thing, I said, he looks like shit. <laughs> That's what oh, I said, man. man. I said, well, I hope it was for a role, but I don't really yeah. think it was. Sorry, Nick. Oh. I mean, I know you're not listening to this, but you didn't look good. And it was like a lot of your movies. It looked garbage, man. Yeah. Oh, Nick. Bad. But he was in the movie theaters. Just maybe he's oh, just watching. Oh, I hope he wasn't watching one of his movies because I was like, <laughs> I would experience. do that. I would. Would do you? That. Oh yeah, I would. No. Yeah, I would totally go and watch. <laughs> I'm learning a lot it, about you, man. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's not like vanity and things like that. But I honestly want to like would would want to go incognito just to see, um, how the fans or fans assuming you know people are fans. <laughs> you're assuming they uh, all love you yeah. Simon. <laughs> exactly uh but just to see how people react to the film you know <laughs> i would want to see that firsthand yeah you I, don't want to be and, simon when you show up you want to be someone no else. yeah i i you know showing up with the the glasses with the nose and the mustache on them and and uh you know so nobody <laughs> well they watch this show you look different every time so they won't know what you anyway yeah there we go <laughs> yeah so yeah, you know, I, I but no, I, I I would do it out of just this morbid curiosity. Yeah. To 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 see how people are actually reacting to the movie. And I you know, I I would actually I would want to dress up as one of the the people who clean the theater after people are <laughs> have watched it. And I'd want to be in there like sweeping up and just overhearing comments. I I don't <laughs> even have to watch the movie. I just want to go in afterwards and hear what people are saying. You know, and 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 then you know, I would probably have to go, you know, and commit suicide afterwards. You know, <laughs> this is probably so what bad. would happen. This is why you do this to yourself. <laughs> like, I've seen my movie in theaters twenty yeah. times. Because yeah. <laughs> I'd be in there sweeping up, you know, sticky popcorn, and yeah. I'd be hearing people say, "Well, everything about that movie was great, except that Simon." I don't know. And I'd be like, "Oh." No. <laughs> No, the best thing would be videotaping you watching you be the lead in a movie and just you breaking it down, being skeptical of your own performance. See, oh. I didn't like that. I didn't like how I delivered that. I Trust me, hey, dude. Every time we rehearse a scene, uh, you know, that, you know, and I, I, I walk off stage. I literally am like hitting myself in the head with we're not off book yet. So I'm hitting myself in the head with the, the script and uh and just be like, man, I, I know I can. I, I, I. So. Amateur actors learn their lines and how to inflect the correct emotion in their lines. Great actors or, or just good actors. Interpret their lines. By becoming the character. Yeah. So as I'm walking off. If you see me hitting myself in the head with my script, because I was completely unconvinced with what I just did. I was not the character. I did not interpret the lines as as my character. And, you know, and and nine times out of ten, that's what's happening at this point. And uh doesn't mean I'm bad. I'm not bad. I'm just not great yet. You know, and so <laughs> not great uh, yet. I'm not not great yet. Uh, give me a couple more weeks and hopefully uh, I'm going to be 
fantastic. Oh, the back half know. of these are always my favorite parts, man. I'm telling you, it's Simon time. It's breakdown Simon. Oh, <laughs> I just would watch it. I actually probably would watch my own movie if I was in it. I'd probably have a weird obsession about it. I'm not joking. I'd probably watch it yeah. so many times. Not to break down my character, just because I'd be like, I just love myself so much. <laughs> like, look what I just did. Now we tell him, you see that I'm in this? You see you that? See this? You see what's happening here? You I see just how good a police I car, man. I beat yeah. up like 10 guys and I had strong dialogue also. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what's what's the name of the guy? I'm, I'm just his name is just went right in my head. He he um he he did the old spice commercials. He's super intense, uh, retired football player. Oh, um, man. Who is it? Uh, not Dick Buckus, is it? Back from no, back? No, 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 no. Okay, Black that was guy, a much bald older. head. Um, oh, Terry, Terry, uh, Terry Cruz, Cruz, yeah, Terry Cruz, yeah. Um, I saw him interviewed for something. Anyway, anyway, the the point is that he was saying that um, they asked him if he watches his shows. He's like, oh, I watch my shows every night. <laughs> that be me. I get the kids around. I'm like, come watch this. His philosophy behind that is that he is so proud of what he's done with himself and what he's been able to become. He knows where he came from. Right. He knows what he's done with his life. And when he's watching himself on screen, he's from a perspective of extreme gratitude. Yeah. That look what I'm doing. Look at my life. Yeah. This is me. And I think that's so beautiful. It is. That's not your experience. Simon. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> it's definitely not I'd Simon. be watching it and be like, who the F does that guy think he is? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what's uh, and I, and I, I'd like, you know, like, you know, probably like kick a chair over. And, <laughs> it's a know, painful and, experience for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, kids, and kids would be like, what's wrong, dad. And it's like, look at that. <laughs> you see that I did the whole thing wrong. <laughs> There's a theme here with you, man. I'm telling yeah. you, it's it's very strong. <laughs> you know, I, I'm gonna. I'll say it all, all the time. Uh, I know I'm never gonna get it right. It's okay, man. It's okay. No, and that that is that like okay. But here's the thing: <laughs> it's like what you were talking about earlier about um, people who are born with yeah. with everything and not having the drive. To, okay, accepting that I'm never gonna get it right. Gives me yeah. the drive to keep yeah. trying and trying and over and over again, and um, and, and, and if I ever feel like I've got it right, then what's the point anymore? Yeah. Now, now I now I'm one of those people who has no reason to do anything. This you is know? unbelievable. Every yeah. time we've come <laughs> to the time on our show, I tell Simon nice yeah. things. This is a segment. It's a real segment, actually. <laughs> it is. I think Simon, I, I don't is. want him to, to motivate him, demotivate himself for doing this show, but I think he gets a lot of stuff right on this show. And uh, I, again, I'm always grateful that you're my friend. Seriously, it's a, it's a real he deal. Well. I'm grateful that you're my friend and my therapist. Yeah. You know what? It's uh, yeah. I do this. I do this just because I care about you, man. Yeah, it's, that's what <laughs> it's I do. A it good, for. See, it's a good thing that you're so emotionally and intellectually healthy so you can take on yeah all sure. of this baggage that i'm dropping oh it's a lot yeah. yeah you're paying you're paying for baggage i mean this ain't no this isn't southwest airlines first two bags don't fly for this is simon baggage every week but i like it i like the baggage yeah you must you you're i'm a glutton <laughs> for it yeah, yeah it's a nice enjoyable i just think it's funny like i envision you literally doing all these things 
looking the way you currently look and like having an <laughs> attitude, but it's fun at the same time. But... You know, I mean, that, that's that, that's the real key. You know, once in a while, my feathers get ruffled and yeah. I'm not having fun for a moment. For a moment. That moment doesn't last. Right. And the rest of the time when I'm not getting things right and I'm not having fun uh, or, 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 or I'm not getting things right and, and I'm, and I'm struggling, I'm still having fun. Yeah. And the, the important thing is to have a good sense of humor about yourself. And I feel like you and I share that yeah. in common. We, we don't take each other ourselves no. too, too seriously. You know, no. if I fall flat on my face, it's hilarious. It's cool. I, it's totally fine. I, and you know what, more and more people are listening to this hilarity that ensues <laughs> every time. And I'm grateful for it, man. Listen, have I a good well. rest of your day. Don't be too hard on yourself with these lines. I'm going to have to text you about this on yeah. the side. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you next time, man. All right, man. Thanks.